the Under Center podcast. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Under Center podcast. I am your host, Darren Mar, and I am joined. And I'm delighted, I should say, to be joined on this Thanksgiving Day Eve by Jake Woldhead and Rian Malloy. Lads, it's great to have you on. It's been uh, a week since I've gotten to chat to you guys. How have you been? Yeah, looking forward to Turkey Day tomorrow. Get myself a little bit of, well, I'm going to just get myself a kebab. I know I'm just going to order a kebab for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, Turkey I'm gonna kebab, obviously. Turkey. I'm going to pretend there's turkey in it, yeah. Well, there could be anything yeah. in it. The Let's spirit of turkey meats. will be present in the mail. <laughs> It, it it ate a turkey at one point and then then it was made into meat so man no, i don't know if you have ever seen kebab meat from this place that i get my kebabs from it could be turkey it could be all the meats mixed together <laughs> you don't know it's grayish meat cut off something so it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of everything it is a bit of everything yeah. rain how have you been this week i know like it was tough loss for the panthers last sunday against the um against the uh, who was it? Ravens, wasn't it? Yes, who was the Ravens? Um, but just like this new thing that you're playing in, in Carolina where anybody can play quarterback for a week, we're going to have Sam Darnold next week now playing. <laughs> yeah, third starting QB of the season. Can't wait to see that. It's going to be, yeah, Sam Darnold is going to be the uh, the savior. Sammy savior, we're calling him now. Either you're picked on, you're picked in the top five or you're an undrafted QB uh, and you can play for the Panthers. Yeah, exactly. Well, technically, exactly. Rain is an undrafted QB. So, week 14, 15, are we expecting to see you out there? We'll see. I'm in, I'm in talks with uh, Steve Wilkes at the moment. Um, it's just down to the contract at the moment. By in oh. talks, you mean you've messaged him and he's literally <laughs> yeah. not even Steve messaged me back. <laughs> Sliding in those DMs. <laughs> I've made the first move. It's now up to him. It's now up to him. <laughs> well, that's in this uh time of the year obviously a big thing around thanksgiving is what we're thankful for and i would love to know what are you guys thankful for on this thanksgiving of 2022 um if we're gonna go specifically football which i will but uh i couldn't be i'm I'm enjoying the giants actually getting into a winning uh rhythm starting off seven three we've had a couple of rough losses but um it's just nice to have a few wins yeah, in terms of football, I am not thankful for anything going on in the Panthers organization right now. But I am thankful for my boys, my family out there in the North Dublin Pirates. Uh, great numbers starting to show up at training. We always need more. Come on down. Great family to be a part of. But yeah, that's what I'm thankful for this year. I can fully endorse that thankful comment for sure. 100% on that. Um, you guys are like really you know, make me feel bad about what I'm thankful for. I, like, obviously I had this pre-planned section out and I was just going to take the piss a little bit, but I'm thankful because <laughs> I um, bit the bullet and I invested in a pair of Crocs and I'm so thankful I invested oh, in a pair God. of Crocs. Did you actually, or was it a bit? Is that a bit? I am wearing them right now and they are in sports show me. mode. Go on, go on, show hold me. On. How, how, hold no, on. You hold have on. to show me. Come on, hold on, hold on. Right now. Orange, right. pirate orange. I wish they were out of stock. So I had to go for uh, Seahawks Navy. Ooh. Ooh. Seahawks. It looked pretty good, though. I'll give you that much. I'm wearing a pair of sliders and socks right now, so I, too, am rocking sexy. Ah, well, looksy, there we are. Um, if you want to see those socks, you're going to have to subscribe to Jake's OnlyFans. That, that will come out. That <laughs> you offer it for later. free, though. So. <laughs> he has a Thanksgiving Day special. He's giving everything away for free. <laughs> I eat my turkey dinner through my feet. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> oh, oh and... move. you know I'm not flexible enough to be doing that. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. Family-friendly fun. Ah, look, it's just a, it's just a bit of fun. Let's have it. Might as well. It's raining outside, and you know the World Cup is depressing everyone. So. Not if you're Saudi Arabia. 2022. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're Costa Rican, you're definitely up, uh, you're definitely yeah. quite sad at the moment. Um, yeah. Although I must say about the 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 World Cup, I bought a um, a jersey for a certain team for the World Cup because I thought they were going to be my team. Um, and it arrived yesterday, and it was the worst day ever to arrive because it was an Argentina jersey. Yeah, Coach. <laughs> that's pretty rough. Uh pretty well. That's that's like my curse or something. If I support a team in the World Cup, you know they're gonna lose. So there you go. Don't bet on Argentina to win, guys. Um, right. I guess we should talk about a bit of news about this week. We were going to go straight into the Thanksgiving Day preview. We we're going to go straight into the Week Twelve preview, but we can't bypass this news and not talk about it. But before we get into it, guys, if you do have any comments on the show, we are live today. Just comment underneath, or if you're watching us on YouTube, just search Under Center Podcast on YouTube. You can join the chat there. If you have any questions, we'll try and answer them within the next hour. Um, so make sure you get your questions in there too. But the first uh, bit of news that we're going to look at today is a QB benching, and it is Zach Wilson, who has been benched by the New York Jets as their starting quarterback, Mike White. Remember him, guys, last year? Mike White trying for over 400 yards against the Bengals in their win? He's going to be the starting quarterback in place of Wilson for their Week 12 matchup against the Chicago Bears. Uh, head coach Robert Sala announced it uh, today. Sala added that veteran Joe Flacco, who actually started the first three games of the season when Wilson was injured, will back up White. And actually, Wilson will not even be active this week, which I think is very interesting. Normally, he'd just be the backup in case something goes wrong so he can come back in, but not actually dressing up for game day confirmed on the Wednesday. There's something going on there for sure. But guys, I want to ask, Wilson obviously was widely criticized for his performance in the loss to the Patriots last week, only completing nine passes and having just two yards of offense in the second half. Is this the last time we see Wilson as the starting quarterback in New York? And should we read more into the fact that he won't even be getting dressed on game day this Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. It's obviously not a good look for the the lad um, just getting benched, obviously, after his remark and playing so terrible on Sunday. Um, It's just not a good look for him. It just shows that he's not kind of mature yet. So um, I I personally don't think it's the last time we're going to see him. I mean, you don't give up this early on a quarterback and no matter how childish he can be until maybe he keeps sucking for the rest of the season. But a, a couple of games benching here, we'll probably see him before the end of the season. I'd say he'd be starting again soon. Yeah, in terms of seeing him again in his career, um, the Carolina Panthers are an exceptional example of how quarterbacks drafted in the top three are given chance after chance after chance. Um, so yeah, I, I expect Zach Wilson to probably uh, go home with his tail between his legs, work like a dog and come back and probably, I don't know, start a couple of games next year for the Jets. But if that doesn't go well, we might be starting to see the kind of Sam Darnold trajectory for him. 
Uh, I think in terms of him not dressing for this game, it's less so down to his performance on the field and more so down to the comments that he made after the game. Uh, a quarterback these days cannot just be a player on the field. And when you're let down by that player side of things, um, your, your actions really speak a lot louder. And him saying that there was no blame to be laid on himself or the offense around him was just... It, it was wrong. You know, he did not have the emotional maturity to uh, kind of own up to it in that situation. And that's maybe something we'll see uh, him improve on as he moves forward in his career. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a big lesson for the lad to uh, actually take a bit of accountability, especially but like we know how bad he played. I think he had 77 yards passing in total. That's an awful amount of yards for a QB. If you look on the inverse side of it, I think Mac Jones had about 245 yards, something around that. Um, and he played okay. I mean, not a, not enough to certainly win it offensively, but he didn't lose it offensively. And I'm sure he took a he would have taken account a little bit more than um, Zach would have. Yeah, possibly, and and maybe that could be down to the the culture of the team as well. Because with Mac being in New England with Bill Belichick, you know, accountability is a thing. Um, in New York, you know, Robert Sala is a first-time head coach. He is trying to still stamp his authority. You can see he's working his magic on the defense, still trying to get grips to the offense um, about how, how to manage that too. You know, I know he's lost a lot of offensive linemen um, this, uh, this season. I know he's lost his best running back in Brees Hall as well. But especially with that Elijah Moore play that we saw last week, who was wide open and Zach didn't even throw to him. It seems as though he's struggling to see the field fully. Um, it seems as though they're struggling to, uh, he's struggling to to come to terms with, with this offense. Um, and look, maybe it is just a break for a couple of weeks for him to get back and sorted in training and to get everything back together. We'll, we'll wait and see. But was. Hmm? I was just going to say, was Sam Darnold's downfall that Patriots game with the zero blitzes? That was the beginning. Is this the beginning of Zach, Zach Wilson's the, against the Patriots yet again? Possibly. And what I would like to do is I would like to pose a question to you. If you are the GM of the Jets and Hendon Hooker falls to the second round due to his injuries and his age, are you picking him up as potentially replacing Zach Wilson uh, for possibly next year or the years moving forward? I think um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly something you look at. I don't actually follow too much of the college ball, but um, if you end up, you know, like, you're going to have to play Zach Wilson again at some point in this season because otherwise you're just wasting time and losing valuable time to see if, like, as you said, if he falls to the second round, you could pick him up. You have to know, is Zach Wilson your guy or not for that? Yeah, but with, with that, and they're in a very precarious situation with the Jets because they're having a much better season than anyone anticipated. They are on the cusp of the playoffs. So saying that, oh yes, let's just put him back in at some point again is dangerous because if you're going, if you're still going for the playoffs, you're going to have to put the quarterback that you think are going to win you games out there. And at the moment, uh, Robert Sala doesn't believe that Zach Wilson is the quarterback that's going to win him games. So if he still believes that and he's not seeing anything at practice, I don't think you can sort of waste a game here or there by just putting him out there and seeing what you can. Also, with the draft next year looking way ahead, if it, if it is the case that they do have the option to draft a quarterback, I would 100% draft one because for one, it would be competition. For Zach, and I think that um, if he, that's the that's the first point that you can see if he's actually 
if he's going to be up for being an NFL quarterback. If you can, if you can't beat the guy you're in competition with, we day in day out at practice, what are you going to do in the NFL? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I kind of, I can see your point there. I do, but I mean, you can't tell me that they believe Mike White is going to win more games than Joe Flacco this season. Now I know that you could say in next year, this year, week possibly. After, I don't know why this Mike week, White would be better than um, than Joe Flacco this week. We know Joe Flacco has a, maybe more so than the one good game Mike White has, but the only good thing is Mike White is younger, so he has that ahead of Joe Flacco. So that's a bit of a future thought for me. I, I don't think personally I would have been. I would have said Joe Flacco should start this one. Yeah, the one thing on the Mike White versus Joe Flacco situation, I think Mike White has bigger big play potential in his in his background. We saw it against Cincinnati when he played against them last year. And yes, he will give the ball away once or possibly twice in this game coming up. But at the same time, we saw Joe Flacco in this Jets offense and he didn't do too great. He's a good game manager, but he doesn't have that downfield potential. And I think that's something that Robert Sala and the OC out there are looking at and kind of going, we need to score chunk plays uh, to win games and that's what Mike White offers over Joe Flacco I think what we've seen in that Patriots game though is that Jets defense can hold them to three or hold them to seven you should win every game where you hold the opposing offense to three you should win every game where you hold the opposing offense to seven or ten points or something like that so a Joe Flacco game manager type for me is probably the better option well, look, there's there's similarities there in what's happening in Denver as well. The defense are doing their end of the bargain by keeping teams under these amount of points, but the offense isn't doing it. Difference is the Jets can bench their quarterback because he's still on his rookie deal. The Broncos can't bench their $245 million yeah. uh, quarterback at all. But we, we have an interesting comment here from Tony. Um, he's saying, wait, I thought Zach Wilson was better than... Justin Fields, of course, Tony from the Irish Bears show, <laughs> friends of the show. Um, yeah, it's very interesting that, and look, it's it's ironic as well that they're facing the Bears this week, and and possibly Justin Fields. We we still don't know fully about his availability for the game with his shoulder injury, but the fact that they took Wilson second overall and allowed Fields to drop, I think, what was it to twelfth in the end, wasn't it? Overall, he was drafted in. Um, and now Justin Fields is um, showing now um, how good he can be, even in a, a Bears offense that is struggling and an offensive line that is struggling. He's still able to pull out these fantastic performances. So is there maybe a bit of buyer's remorse going on there? I don't know about buyer's remorse, but we can all say that we didn't like Joseph Fields, how he started playing at the start, and now he's turned it around, whether that's just changes in the offensive play calling or just maybe playing to his strengths a little bit more. I notice he's doing a little bit more leg work now than he has done beforehand. So playing to his strengths is obviously working for him. So we all like how he, Joseph Fields playing this week, but maybe next week or the week after he starts playing terrible again. Well, personally, I've always been a big Justin Fields fan. I was a fan of him uh, leading into the draft. I mentioned you had me on for the draft special that you did to talk about the Carolina Panthers. And I said, if he fell to number eight, where the Panthers were drafting, they should draft him. Um, but they went with JC Horn. JC Horn has turned out to be a very good player. But I mean, they missed out on the opportunity to get a franchise QB. And I think that's what uh, Justin Fields is bringing to, the, to Chicago at the moment is a little bit of hope where the Carolina Panthers are hopeless. One last, sorry, Jay, go ahead. 
No, sorry, I was just laughing. <laughs> All right, I was going to ask just one more question before we move on from the Zach Wilson conversation. Um, one quarterback that has not gotten his contract yet and who will be could be available this off season is Lamar Jackson. Do you think the Jets go after Lamar Jackson if Zach Wilson doesn't make it back as a starting quarterback? I don't think Lamar Jackson makes it to that stage. I think he's just going to get whatever he wants from the Ravens. That's they're going to cave and do it. Like the Ravens can't take that step back at this point. Like they can't just give it all back and say, we're going to start off. We're going to find another Lamar Jackson. It's going to be all fine there, but no, they're just going to sign him and they're going to pay the price of not giving him a deal last year, a year before. Yeah. hundred percent. That would be the smart thing for the Ravens to do. But even if they don't want to do that, they're going to slap that franchise tag on hard so he's not going to have the opportunity to move elsewhere. Um, but yeah, if they could go and get him, this would, he would be the ideal fit out there in the Jets. I mean, they are a quarterback away from being serious Super Bowl contenders. Having a, a quarterback like Lamar in New York City, um, in that city with that media and stuff, would just be fantastic, though. It was I seen a comment electric. on Reddit, and it was something to the the something like, "I can't wait to see Jimmy Garoppolo in New York next year," and that uh, he would absolutely he's the ideal quarterback in that situation at that point. Why for the Jets or the Giants? Jets, the Giants. Get <laughs> Jimmy. Couldn't afford him. He's too sexy for that team. <laughs> um. One other benching, I guess we should talk about as well. Although you know, not. Not much news around this, maybe because we saw it coming. Davis Mills is being benched by the Texans. Um, the late round pick is now uh, who got the starting job towards the end of last season has sort of failed to impress this year. Um, Kyle Allen is going to be starting quarterback for the end of the season. And now with the Texans at the moment holding on to that number one pick for the draft in twenty twenty three. I'm guessing now all signs point to them using that number one pick now to get a quarterback. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of obvious. Is this Dara's um, underdog candidate from the beginning of the season that them Texans sleeper. led by Davis Mills? Te- sleeper, what... use the right word, yeah, sleeper. They're still sleeping. They should wake they up at some They are still point. sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't say <laughs> well, sleeper for what? 2022. It couldn't be any year. <laughs> I don't know what you do in this situation. That team's not built for winning right now so all they can do is ride out brandon cook's contract and draft a qb and and some other good pieces around yeah kyle allen is the ideal tank commander for that team and uh, i hope cj stroud likes wearing navy very appropriate call him commander considering he used to play for washington before moving to the texas <laughs> very nicely done there um yeah an interesting one there for that with them um we'll see what happens with the rest of the season we'll see what happens with david mills when it comes to that going forward but let's move on from qb benchings and let's have a look at the thanksgiving day games and um start with the first one that Buffalo Bills are traveling, or not traveling, they're staying in Detroit because they played there last week um, to take on the Lions. Um, the Bills have won the last three games of, of this series now. and Well, they haven't played since 2016. The Lions are on a three-game win streak, the most recent of which, I'm sorry, Jake, was that win in the Meadowlands against <laughs> the New Jason York Lions. Uh, no, sorry, I was, it was just white noise. Don't worry about it. Don't worry That's about right. it. Yeah. But... Well, <laughs> uh, Josh Allen is um, back to full go. He didn't practice for a couple of days last week. 
obviously with that ongoing elbow injury. But the Buffalo Bills sort of, you know, struggled at times against the Bears. The sort of between the the third and fourth quarter, they sort of pulled away a little bit to to seal the win. But they have struggled these last few weeks, and and they're meeting a Lions team which are hot in form at the moment. I'll start with you, Rain, on this one. We couldn't see a shock here, could we? Uh, I wouldn't be too sure. This is an absolute trap game for the Bills, right? The Lions are on form, but the Bills are absolutely expected to win. Uh, Allen has not been playing his best football lately. Uh, that like those four interceptions that he threw over the two weeks prior to the the uh, the Bears game were were pretty poor. So it's not the best game to be going into. Uh, this week, particularly on the off the back of a short week with the quarterback who's injured, it is a little bit of a trap game, and I'd be worried a little bit for them. The Lions have been on staggering form, to be honest. Uh, Jamal Williams is running in touchdowns left, right, and center. Uh, so yeah, I, I see this as being a potential victory for the Lions, but at the same time, I'm still going to pick the Bills in this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick the Bills in this one as well. We we know that the Bills are just going to build it up probably at some stage and that defense is going to hold out. We I'm still not a fan of Jared Goff, and even though he's still scoring quite high and he's playing, I think they're average something like 30 points a game or something like offensively. But then on the defensive side for that Lions team, they're allowing 29 point something points per game um, to other offenses, and that Bills offense can be as explosive as any other. So um, I can see where you're coming with a trap game. I just... I can't put money on it until uh, until I see a bit more from that team. I would say put money on the Lions to cover the spread, though. I think the 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 spread is somewhere around eleven points at the moment, and I think the Lions yeah, are going I mean, to push them a little bit closer than that. That's way the, too it's high. It's nine point five now. That's right, still okay. way too high. Anything over a touchdown, I think, in that game was a bit too high. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there you go. There's a uh, Rian's betting tip for the week. Definitely, yeah. uh, bet bet the lines to cover, uh, for sure on this one. But yeah, we still, I, I I'm sort of in agreement with, with you guys. I still, I do think the Bills are going to have to have a little too much, um, for the Lions, um. But I do think out of the three games, this is going to be the most entertaining of the three and thankfully for us Irish audiences here that it's the earliest one so we definitely get to take it all in no trouble at all a uh, half five kickoff which is absolutely perfect as well I know it interrupts with the World Cup football a little bit but I look I think, about that I think we can I think we can um live without it for maybe a, a couple of hours or so you know switch over in between the ad breaks you know we have enough in the NFL anyway so you got plenty of time you get you get a full game in worth of ad breaks and that alone um but yeah I'm gonna go for a, a Bills win on this one for them to go eight and three and um you know maybe this is the start I know the 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 AFC East is quite compact at the moment in terms of uh win-loss records, I think this is the period now we might see the Bills just pull away a little bit and take that first place for their own and possibly uh, the first seed, but at the moment I can't, I can't see anyone else but KC um, taking that one seed in the AFC. But let's move on to the second game and that is Jake's New York Oh, Giants hang on, I just actually have to, have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be here for this one. <laughs> That's Jake's New York Giants Traveling to AT&T Stadium to take on the um, Dallas Cowboys. 
you know, this this is going to be a tough one. Coming off, like I said, that um, 30 to 18 loss to Detroit, the via the Cowboys coming off that massive 40 to 3 win in Minnesota, by the way, the only one that predicted that last week. So just letting you know, letting you know. But uh, Zeke. Uh, Elliot and Tony Pollard each treated themselves to two touchdowns each. Zeke rushing for two, Tony Pollard catching two. So a, a dual threat running back um, slash, you know, pass catching running back combo happening there. The uh, the Giants are banged up to say the least. When a, one game week goes by, more injuries and more injuries and more injuries. Um, one person who looks like he will play and who might be very important to this because of the, uh, the Cowboys... Issues when it comes to defending the run of Saquon Barkley. Of course, he had over 100 scrimmage yards in their first meeting in week three. So they'll be hoping for the same productivity out of him again. But Jake, I am going to start with you on this one. Uh, Giants against the Cowboys in this NFC East matchup. Uh, what do you expect them? Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, the Giants don't play anything nice. And even if they were fully healthy, I, I wouldn't have this roster um, and I wouldn't be able to compare them against that Texans team. They're just like they're built quite well, um, as much as I hate to say that. But the Giants came out of the, the Sunday game with, I think, four offensive linemen injuries. We had a wide receiver tear an ACL. We had a cornerback spraying an MCL and um some another cornerback with a jaw injury there was just a whole it was a bloodbath last Sunday um and now we're just gonna have to pick up a lot of cornerbacks from outside MetLife Stadium and drive them down to Dallas and see what they can do and wide receivers we've got Darius Layton who is I think ranked seventh in a few of the stats but he's got some quite big drop issues and he's our best wide receiver at the minute um so he's gonna be paired up with uh Trayvon Diggs I'm assuming and the rest of the Giants wide receivers are not pretty. And I don't know if you caught, caught that last Giants-Cowboys matchup a few weeks ago. It was disastrous for the Giants offensive line. And that was when we were at full health. So <laughs> I am not looking forward to seeing this play out for me. So what you're saying there uh, is that Darius Slayton is going to have a big game because he's going to be up against Trayvon Diggs. Um, but yeah, where, where it comes down to for me is in the trenches, right? That, they just kept to Jefferson to just 33 yards last week, by the way. No, I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be this is gonna come down to the trenches. Uh, it's that banged up O line for the Giants versus one of the most dominating D lines I've seen in my lifetime. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's it exactly where the Cowboys are going to win this game. I wouldn't be too worried about the uh, Giants' defense. They seem to have been able to pull things out of the bag uh, without very much going for them as it is, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. But, yeah, it's going to be a struggle on offense for the Giants this week, um, and I think that's where the Cowboys win it. It's going to be pretty rough. I mean, I think it was five or six sacks the first meeting, and that was with our starting start O-line. So I'm not looking forward to seeing the backups, backups playing against that D-line, as you said. And then even on the other side of it, the defense for the Giants were missing our top two cornerbacks. I think maybe the second, the cornerback two was playing, but still uh, you have to then cover C.D. Lamb. And then you've also that duo dragon, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. And we the Giants are fairly soft in the run, so... God, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Ten is... point underdogs are the Giants. Let me try to say, yeah, Cowboys guys. will cover that spread, hundred percent. Is this the Odell Beckham Jr. game? 
is the winner of this game get custody of Odell Beckham Jr. That's what they're calling it. But uh, I, 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 I think I think Odell deleted the Giants number after last week. To be honest, I, I don't blame him. I, I if I was him, I'd I'd, I'd play every other game that wasn't on MetLife Tour. To be honest, so um, maybe that's what decides it this game. But the Giants financially aren't able to give Odell that kind of that money. Um, as much as we'd like to have some semblance of a wide receiver on the roster. Wait, you the Giants wouldn't be able to give Odell Beckham Jr. that money, but we think the Cowboys with Dak and Zeke's contract would be able to? The Giants are so cash-strapped, man. They have so no money this season. They're so strapped this season on for what? cash. Who's it, who's it wrapped up in? <laughs> Fucking Kenny Galladay, man. A $72 million four-catch man. <laughs> This is ridiculous. We've the highest paid wide receiver room in like probably the third highest in the NFL or something like that. Led by Kenny G with $72 million uh, with four catches on the season. Probably almost as many drops as he does have catches this season. We have a torn wide receiver, a torn ACL. We've actually two wide receivers, torn ACLs. And then just a bunch of nobodies down the back end. Just We're just so cash strapped. It's ridiculous. We have Leonard Williams, a huge contract. We're still paying off that James Bradbury contract. Um, Gettleman just liked to give out cash, man. He just loved giving players cash. Damn, we should have got in there before he... Uh, before he <laughs> we probably could have gotten something there. off him, no joke. Yeah, probably should, we should, should have. Talk about them enough anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, sickening true. though. <laughs> it's sickening. <laughs> Four fucking catches on the season for Kenny Galdi. I'm sick. Yeah, he doubled his total at the weekend. It was great. That co- that cornerback or safety on the Lions that intercepted twice has more catches or had more catches at the point on the season than Kenny Galladay had. <laughs> could be worse. You could be paying your quarterbacks a combined total of, I think it's $24 million on the season and none of them are any good at all. That's true. That is true. Um, or else you could be just be paying someone like Gino Smith nothing and he could be pulling yes. out all pro performances for you. We all know uh, he's going to be crap next year. Let's just not pretend Let me enjoy that, this right? year, Jake. Okay, just let me enjoy this year. No, I'm too <laughs> salty now. <laughs> You're seven and three. Yes, and do we deserve that? No. Are we going to continue on this winning? No. <laughs> Let's move on before we fall out. And that is the last game of uh, Thanksgiving so uh, when you've had your dinner you've had your dessert you've had your fill of two games you get this one the New England Patriots traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings like we mentioned just there the Vikings coming off that 40 to 3 spanking against the Cowboys the Patriots coming off that snorefest against the Jets um, with the last second what was it? Last second punt return. Punt um, return by the way, down. very quickly, yes or no answers. Was it a block in the back? No. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you obviously you disagree. You obviously disagree there. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was blocking back, and I thought actually he was leading with the head as well. Um so that gets I, missed so much in the it the, gets missed so much in the game, it's mental, especially on them special teams ones. Like, even you'd see them, um, the, the punt returner, not the punt returners, who what are they called? Um, on the edges, uh, gunners. gunners, gunners are getting reefed out of it, like pushed and dragged all over the, yeah. the field. How they ever make it up, I'll never know. Well, like you mentioned, the, the Patriots, uh, six and four, the Vikings, eight and two, rain if you can. Um, tell me what you're looking forward about this game. 
I'm looking forward to seeing uh, another big performance from Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to have it. Um, obviously, you know, that, that that Patriots defense is pretty good. They have some nice um, defensive backs there, but I still think Justin Jefferson is too good for them. Um, what I'm also interested in seeing is that, that Patriots uh, pass rush is sneaky good, and generally Kirk Cousins tends to have a little bit of trouble under the pass rush so i expect maybe justin jefferson to have a good game but not so much anybody outside of him expect him to go often uh to his tight ends uh just to get him out of trouble but yeah I, i'm 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 looking forward to this game more than kind of you know that the patriots are obviously the underdogs in this one but i don't think they should be going into it looking at that you know i think they should be confident quietly confident in their ability to hold that Vikings offense uh, to minimal numbers. Yeah, it's a two and a half point spread in this game. Uh, I don't know if I'm like I'm. Maybe I'm looking forward to being asleep at half one in the morning and watching the condensed in the in the morning. I feel like it's gonna be a cold one. I haven't looked at the weather in Minnesota tomorrow, so I feel like it's gonna be cold. And cold for me usually means it's a running day. And we seen what happened last week for the Patriots Jets. Uh, I feel like it's just gonna the be dumb. slow. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it is it gonna still maybe maybe it is, but still I just feel like it's gonna be a slow game. Um, as you said, Reed, that that uh, pass rush on the on the Patriots is actually pretty decent. Like it just comes out of nowhere, and they just seem to be able to get it when they need it. Um, but I just think that the Vikings are just gonna be that little bit too strong defensively for Mac Jones, maybe to have a good day. Um, and Kirk Cousins just sometimes he'll be Kirk Cousins up here and he'll be Kirk Cousins down there all of a sudden. Um, and to, tomorrow I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be a little bit higher uh, on the Kirk Cousins scale. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Vikings as a whole are going to have, they're going to go into this game with a lot to prove after that drubbing at the weekend. Um, so I expect them to all have pretty big performances in terms of their, their man-to-man performances. Um, so I expect the Vikings to come away with a win in this one, but I think the Patriots are going to put it up to them. It's not going to be an easy game. The bookies don't think so either because they're uh, two and a half points uh, underdogs, the Patriots are. So it's not really even a uh, home field advantage is basically what the Vikings have. Yeah. Well, I think a, a very important player in this game that we haven't mentioned is Matthew Judon. He is the sack leader in the league this year. Kind of going under the radar, not... Um, not uh, what am I say? Not getting a lot of attention. The fact that he's a sack leader this year, but he is having a very, very good year. And like you mentioned, Rain, under pressure, you know, Kirk Cousins has struggled this year. He, we saw what happened last week when Micah Parsons got to him multiple times. Matthew Dionon gets someone to uncomfortable, uh, gets him uncomfortable and gets to him a few times. You know, it could be a, another long evening for the Vikings. Like that, with a good start, maybe we start to see the Vikings tail off a little bit. And I don't want, I don't like saying regress, but maybe just fall back into the mean of what we thought they were going to be. Possibly still, looks like they'll probably still win the division and go to the playoffs, but maybe not with such a, a you know, a fantastic record above 500 as much as they are. Maybe they'll start to uh, even that up a little bit over the next couple of weeks. But I... I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know who to call on this one. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with the Vikings myself on this one, to be honest. For me, it comes down to whether the Patriots get pressure quickly because you see um, Kirk Cousins' feet kind of start to become choppy. If he gets hit early in the game, 
he starts feeling pressure that's not there. So the feet start chopping. He never sets himself, and he's in for a poor game. Um, so at that point, the Patriots have a chance. But if he gets that connection going with Justin Jefferson early and often, uh, yeah. I see the Vikings winning this one. Yeah, well, uh, on the old line for the Vikings, uh, I believe it was Christian Derrissaw has been their star left tackle this year. Um, hasn't allowed a sack. Went out of the game the previous week against the Bills due to concussion. Went through concussion protocol. Played the game last week against the Cowboys and went out again with a concussion. So we won't know if we see him in this game. That's going to be an issue if he is out of that game. I'm sure Judon, who normally plays on the other side of the defensive line, may come over to that side against the um, backup left tackle. Um, and But we'll see what happens there in the game there. Um, I don't think Thursday. he's due to play tomorrow. No? I don't. I just, just had a quick Google there. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, it just doesn't look like he's going to be playing. So that could right. be a pretty tasty matchup for Judon and whoever that backup tackle would be. Well, there we go. There we go. Let's let's see what happens then um, on Thursday evening and um, probably fr- Friday evening for us. Uh, Friday morning, I should say, for us. Friday evening, probably by the time I get to actually watch the game. Um, we'll move on. Um, we won't, unfortunately, have time to cover every single game on Sunday, but we'll pick out one or two here and there and we'll have a chat about them. First game I want to have a chat about is... Uh, let's actually let's chat about this game. Yeah. Um, it is the Denver Broncos traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Two teams with only three wins this year. The Panthers, like you said, welcoming back Sam Darnold as QB1 against, although the Broncos are struggling, a very good Broncos defense still. Um, Russ, who is struggling, going up against a very good Panthers off defensive line going up against a good few replacements on that Broncos offensive line. So we could be in for a very interesting game, but maybe a very low scoring game. Reen, what are you thinking ahead of this one? Yeah, I suspect low scoring is going to be the name of the game in this one. Um, but I am interested to see how that D-line plays against uh, that Broncos offense. Um, I didn't quite catch the stats from last week, but the week before... Uh, Russell Wilson was hit 19 times in that game. I think the Panthers probably can do something similar. They like bringing a lot of exotic blitzes, some off the corner. We see, um, oh God, his name has escaped me. The safety out there. For the Panthers? Yes. Chin? Farewell there, fan. Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Chin. uh, He's only just back from, from injury. Uh, he looked great in that game against the Ravens. You see him coming on blitz very often. So I would like to see how Russell diagnoses those blitz. Um, not very well in the past, I will say. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I have got a little bit of hope. But, um, yeah, to be honest, that Broncos defense is very, very good. The only wrinkle there, though, is they will not have prepared for Sam Darnold. And he brings that extra little bit of difference uh, to the preparation um, they haven't got any tape on him this year. He knows that offense like the back of his hand. So that might give the the offense for the Panthers a little bit extra in this game. 
Yeah, I love the homerism on that that view of yours, Ray. Uh, yeah. We know we've seen Sam Darnold play in that offense. Uh, it wasn't pretty when he was in it. So um, at least it'll be interesting for, for you maybe to catch the game and decide whether or not Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or whoever else wants to try out there for, for quarterback for um, the Panthers. I was hoping we'd bring this game up again. I seen a stat and I had to Google it again just there. If the Broncos had a scored 18 points, just 18 points offensively in every game this season, Know what they're off at their their record would be? Nine and one. Eight eight and one. Eight and one. Well, that was last week. It probably was nine yeah, yeah. and one this week. But it's um, weird that you bring up that figure of eighteen points because you know what the Panthers record is over the last two years where they can see in seventeen or more points? It is maybe. one and twenty seven or something like this stage. <laughs> so all they need to do is score eighteen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see or the just... other stats though? I um, I know you like Russ is obviously averaging the very poor offensive stats this year. If they just had the same offensive output as they had from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke last year, or Drew Locke the previous year, they'd be nine and one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, I saw so, another great stat. I saw another great stat. They have a graph going at the moment that goes week to week and it's how many toilets are in Russell Wilson's house versus yeah, how many touchdown passes he has. And it's getting real close at this stage, whether he gets to that figure. <laughs> Was it? He has uh, seven touchdowns 12, this uh, year 12 and 12 bathrooms in his room. Yeah. I do feel like this game's going to be a little bit different. I mean, we've seen that the, the Broncos handed over play calling duties to the offensive coordinator. I think they took the, the play sheet out of Nathaniel Hackett's hands. So Didn't it could help at least week. be a... What? It, it was last no, week. No, no, sorry. Didn't hear yeah, you. Was... Yeah, no, last week, yeah, yeah. yeah. But another week under a different play caller, you never know, it might add a little bit of a, a spark to that offense. Well, they did find the true problem of the team. They they released Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> Because he was the problem. Else get injured for them recently. Latavius Jerry Boyer, Judy. Who, Jerry, no. Was there not another? He did injure himself. Oh, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, Chase so Edmonds, who, uh, who was part of that Bradley Chubb deal. Um, he's injured himself. So um, it's now just Latavius, Latavius Murray, Murray yeah. and Mike Boone. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Everybody went mad for Mike Boone for a while as well. Yeah. So the, fantasy owners, get your lineup sorted. Um as someone who um, took, uh, who swallowed the uh, Melvin Gordon pill at the start of the season, thinking he was going to be great, I am left with a running back spot free, and I don't know what to do with it. So I'm kind <sighs> of in trouble here a lot now. Yeah. Um, but call the game, that's this one. Uh, Panthers, Broncos, who are we going for? Um, I'll go with the Broncos, I'm afraid to say. Yeah, for me, to be honest, just looking at how little time the Panthers spend on the field, they generally tend to like wean off at the end on defense. I think Russ is going to have at least enough confidence or competence to score one touchdown at the end, and that'll probably be enough to do it. So, yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Oh, ye of little fate. You should I... take Panthers. I mean, this is as close okay, as Okay, fine. I'm taking the Panthers. <laughs> Sammy Savior. Three touchdowns. No I don't know if you... Have you ever seen the, the Reddit subreddit called uh, Gekbus? No? No. So it's this subreddit that's basically... Imagine Donald Trump writing about Sam Darnold as the Grand Emperor something oh, something i don't know what it is yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just amazing and it's a like a lot of baker mayfield slander but like written as if donald trump wrote it. it's very funny 
So is it kind of like Baker Mayfield? He's so good. Yeah, well, no, it's fa- it's Faker Mayfield, and <laughs> Sam Darnold is the Grand Emperor of the universe or some shit. I don't know, but it is very amusing. Faker Funny enough, Mayfield. the spread is only two and a, two and a half in this game, so if you, uh, you might be uh, okay picking this one. I'm going. I'm going for the Panthers in this game. I want Broncos to lose every single game for the rest of the season because we have their first round pick next year. So the more games we lose, the better that pick looks. Actually, their first, their their first two, uh, the first and their second next year. So just you just keep losing Broncos. We're we're at the moment we're projected to pick at number five. Just keep losing. Go on a few more games, a few more games here and there. You know, keep going. Um, let's have a look at. There is a few good few mismatches actually this week. Um, well, perceived mismatches. We don't know what's going to happen there with them. But... And luckily, we're already past talking about the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Only because they're on Thursday. Um, yeah, great. Let's have a look at... Yeah, let's have a look at this one. The Kansas City Chiefs are welcoming the LA Rams to... Uh, Arrowhead and the Chiefs coming off that dramatic Sunday night football win against the Chargers. The the Chargers Chiefs games are quickly becoming the most exciting games of the season with these late finishes. Um, unfortunately, only if you're a Chiefs fan because the Chargers keep losing them all. Um, the Rams have lost Cooper Cup for the rest of the year. They have lost Matt Stafford, it looks like for this game as well, because I believe the third string quarterback, Bryce Perkins, I believe is his name, is taking first team reps this week because their second choice quarterback, John Wolford, has also gone down with an injury. So things go from bad to worse for the Rams. Jake. And they just released Daryl Henderson as well. And like they that. just released it was... it. They found the, the issue. Backers? It was their running back. It's always the running back. It wasn't Cam Akers. It was yeah. Anderson. Who no. could have wrote that? Actually, can time? we can we mention that very quickly, right? Cam Akers came back into the lineup last week. I think he rushed for about 60 yards or something like that. I don't have the official stats of last week's game. I get it. I get it. I get it. But he actually was in the lineup playing after Sean McVay said they were having the, what was it? Um issues I, I can't remember the techni- the official way that he said it but and they were pretty confident he would never play for the team again and he wanted to be traded before the deadline and now suddenly he's back in the lineup what is going on over there in LA uh, there's only two running backs now on the roster it's Kyron Williams I think he was a rookie I think he is yeah, people are really high on him I think so uh, I think that's what's happening Sean McVay just really does not like Cam Akers, uh, apparently, or Daryl Henderson. So <laughs> it's Kyron time. In, well, he's in, really, uh, he's willing to he's willing to waive Daryl Henderson, but he's not willing to waive Cam Akers. Like Daryl Henderson yeah. had no problem playing for the team. Cam Akers did, and Cam Akers is still on the roster, and Daryl Henderson isn't. Yeah, it's a it's a mystery. Yeah. Only Scooby and the gang might be able to know what the answer to that one is. Does 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 Daryl Henderson have something like shady about to come? out about him because like it's not like he was the worst running back in the league or had issues with ball security such as Melvin Gordon he was doing an okay job behind a terrible O-line why did they pick this guy as the the scapegoat to maybe Cam Akers has like uh, some dirt on Sean McVay and that's the reason maybe he has like Sean McVay tried to cost him or something Hmm. Maybe it's, you never it's a, know. It's a bizarre story it's, from start to finish. 
it's a game I'm not really looking forward to now that I realize that it's going to be a third string running back without a Cooper Cup. And I don't know what else you're going to look at on that. Is Alan Robinson still on the Rams? Yeah, Alan Robinson. The whole thing's just not looking it's, pretty. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? That like this game, if you were looking at it at the start of the year, had game of the season potential. Um, and then just the way the Rams season has unfolded, it's it, it's a game like you're mentioning now, Jake, that people probably just aren't interested in and just going up for a routine Kansas City Chiefs win. Yeah, I mean, I think they had a lot of injuries and stuff from the start of the year and retirements that the Rams on the O-line kind of had, which really shot down any of their... Like their passing game suffered from it, their, except for Cooper Cup, obviously, and uh, the running backs obviously suffered from this. So I'm just, uh, I think that's where the, the the start of downfall for them were. Yeah, yeah, and I think the 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 lack of time that they're going to spend on the field, same as the Panthers, they're they're not going to have a lot of time possession coming into this week, right? So the Chiefs are going to wear them down and wear them down and wear them down, and Travis Kelsey is going to hurt this Rams team the same way he hurt you, Dara, in fantasy football last week. What, did he get two touchdowns or something last yeah, week? He had a hat trick. Yeah. Thanks very much for that, Rain. I didn't need to yeah. be reminded. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I got thought, actually, you know, I... I, I, got I, I, <laughs> I was going to just say, I got hurt by Travis Kelsey in two of my leagues this week. Ouch. Yeah. And one of so, those leagues was me. That was you. That was to be fair though. I had people like Damian Pierce in my team, and he had a, like yeah. two rushing yards in the whole game. So he kind of hurt. I me genuinely too. thought he was injured. Like uh, that's. That... <laughs> I thought he was too. I thought maybe he didn't because I actually uh, I didn't see the first slate of games live on Sunday. I was actually out for dinner, um, and I saw this. I saw the lineup, and I thought, oh, Damian, he must have went out in the first quarter with an injury or something like that. Um, but no, he was just awful <laughs> on Sunday <laughs> against the yeah, Commanders. Man. But this game, uh, Rams and Chiefs, we're, I'm guessing we're all um, going for a, a, a routine Chiefs win. But Jake, um, I spoke with Reen about this on the show last week and potential head coach... Um, Firings, I wouldn't say a firing, but head coach leaving. And I, I mentioned Sean McVay because um, the Rams season has obviously gone to shite. Um, it might continue to go to shite this weekend. We'll see. But he was very close and there was a lot of rumors of him re retiring and taking up an analyst job in the offseason. And I want to get your point of view. Do you think that there is a chance that Sean McVay could leave the team at the end of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure a lot of the networks have already gotten in contact with somebody like Sean McVay. Um, he's very cerebral, knows a lot of stuff about the game. I'm sure he's like Tony, Tony Romo, could just tell you what's going to happen in the next couple of seconds. So um, I'm sure he's got a lucrative career waiting in the booth afterwards, but he also seems like a competitive bastard and having a losing season like this probably isn't going to sit well with him. So I, I don't know. I, like, I mean, if I'm putting money on it, if I have to pick one now, I'm saying he'll be back next year as the Rams head coach. He's like... Unless, like, I don't know, say, let's say Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald decide that they're going to up and retire this offseason, I'm sure he'll just say, fuck, I don't want to be a part of any of this now. Like, he doesn't want to rebuild, exactly. Um, but okay, all right, that's very good. That's one actually player, Aaron Donald, who struggled this year. Um, he, I think he has, what, five sacks or something this year. But the fact that they don't have a Von Miller beside him, where another player to take up blocks that basically the offensive lines can double and triple him now because the rest on the defensive line don't have that beating ability 
to well they they beat their their guards and their tackles sometimes but not enough to gain enough pressure and to to um poke opposing QBs under pressure yeah i mean yeah, I think, I don't know. yeah that's part of it um but let's let's move on actually will we stay in the west um, because you got to talk about your team, Jake. You got to talk about your team, Reen. I know, Jake, you didn't want to talk about your team, but we still didn't anyway. Um, I didn't want to talk about mine either. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about my team because they've been on a bye this week and I've had nothing else to talk about. The Seahawks are back at Lumen Field uh, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 3-7. and seven. Two of those wins come against the Broncos, um, which I still find funny. Um... Yeah, like I said, they are just back from the Germany trip as well, again, with their loss to the Bucks. Um, all things considered, it was a very successful week for the NFL in general in Germany. Um, the game wasn't so much for Seahawks fans, but welcoming in the Raiders who are banged up as well on offense too. Um, how are you guys seeing this game? I don't know. I don't know how to even look at this game and decide who's going to be a winner. It's not a game I would be overly excited to be watching. I'm sure you will be there. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I don't like Derek Carr. Like, I mean, <laughs> is that a good enough reason for you? That's basically That's fine. all I got. Absolutely fine. Don't worry about that. That's okay. Yeah, for me, the Raiders actually looked kind of good last week. Like, their defense was pretty all right. Max Crosby had an outstanding game. And Devontae Adams went for 141 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Yeah, it's a case of what Derek Carr and what Devontae Adams you get in this game that's going to decide it. They could be piss poor, like they have been for a lot of the season this year. And if they are, the Seahawks walk away with this one. But if they're not, they make it close and they could very well win this game. It's one of those ones that's kind of... I, I bet the spread is not that big on this game. I'd say it's probably around about three points, and I'd say that's probably where it's going to finish. I think it was a five and a half at one point or something like that. I think. Um, it is four now. Four. Seahawks favorited. Um, one player actually I want to talk about, and he's been pretty anonymous um, this season, and that's Chandler Jones. He signed for such a big contract with the Raiders this year, and I think he's had only like one sack this whole season. Um, for a player that in his time in Arizona was a very dominant pass rusher. Look, I know more than most as a Seahawks fan, he he terrified the life out of us so many times when we played the Cardinals, but he struggled to really um dominate games like he used to. I don't know, like I just know that the, the Raiders defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, was the, the Giants um, defensive coordinator a couple of years. Um, his, his schemes didn't seem to generate these like nice little one-on-ones or unblocked pass rushers and stuff like that. So maybe he's just his stats are taking a little bit of a, uh, a hit because of that. Maybe it's just a lot of uh, outside contain, kind of, you know, them jobs, the dirty stuff that doesn't get you a lot of sexy stats. So maybe that's where his... his um, is down years maybe coming from it's still a it's still a weird drop off though right like his stats were packed for the uh for the cardinals and they're just not this season and i understand he is doing a job out there on the outside but like yeah it's 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 a weird one for me like i, th- I thought he was going to be a perfect fit over there but 
yeah, I'd, I'd kind of, if I was the Raiders GM, I'd be looking at moving him on at the end of this year because he just hasn't had the effect that he was brought in to have. Yeah, it is a strange one. On the Seahawks side of things, um, you know, they, they like I said, they did have that disappointing defeat in Germany in a game that they didn't show up in until probably about the fourth quarter. Um, Gino had, we got New York Jets Gino in the first half and Seahawks Gino in the second half of that game. And I'm sure they'll be hoping for, Gino, for him to continue his Seahawks form into this one against um, probably, um, definitely, uh, not the best defense, but one that, like you're saying, will have a lot of disguised blitzes, which is is things that he struggled against this year. Um, I just remembered the game last week. Um, Denzel Perryman. Um, I'm talking about on the Raiders defensive side of things here against the Broncos. Denzel Perryman went unchallenged on a blitz right through the middle and absolutely creamed Russell Wilson. And I am terrified that he'll do the same this week against, um against Gino. It'll be important for them to get the running game going again because I think it was um Kenneth Walker had nine rushes for like 10 yards against the Bucks in that game. They didn't run the ball at all, which meant that they couldn't really probably play the expansive uh, passing game that they wanted to with play action. So it'll be important for him to get back into it. The the bye week is going to be important to get things right and rest um maybe a few injuries as well. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in this game. I still fancy the Seahawks to win this one, and hopefully, um, it can be a, a comfortable game. I think can um, win by a couple of scores, then move on to the Rams the following week. But guys, who are you thinking? Who are you taking in this one? I might go with the Raiders, Dara. I hate to tell you. Okay, we know me. who we, we, <laughs> we know who Jake's uh, surprise is going to be this week in the uh, absolutely. I think it comes down to Kenneth Walker. If he gets going, that sets up the play action. The Seahawks kind of tight end boot game off that play action has been exceptional all season. So once they get that going, the Seahawks will have no problem. They'll win this game by about three points. Yeah. It's going to be a huge test as well for the rookie cornerback, Tariq Woolen. Of course, he has five interceptions this year, um, leading the league um, for rookie uh, uh, rookies and in, in interceptions going up against Devontae Adams. It'll be a fun matchup. It's definitely going to be the most difficult matchup he's had all year. 100%. Like that with, he's, he's just a dominating wide receiver. And if he can get a pick out of this game, fair fucking play to him because that is going to be a tough, tough day for him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Devontae Adams, one of the better route runners in the league. So drawing a tough matchup. Definitely. Um, I think that's where we're going to wrap up. Very quickly, though, I want to ask you about the um, the nationally televised games, the primetime games this week. Um, the first one is the Eagles going up against the Packers. Who are we taking in this one? Do you even have to qu- ask the question that we're like, it's obviously the Eagles. <laughs> I have to still ask the question. That's what a good host does, Jake. I mean, you can I mean, just unfair from there. The Eagles haven't looked too great in the last couple of weeks. They lost to the Commanders. They nearly lost to the uh, Colts. So who knows? I think I might take the Green Bay Packers in this one. Interesting. We won't know and for you sure until the picks come out. We'll yeah, sure uh, I, I might change my mind. I don't remember anything <laughs> that I say on these shows. So it's going to be a crap shoot. 
<laughs> Definitely. I, I will have to like go back one week and listen to like our preview <laughs> and say, well, actually you picked this one here and you didn't know there. Um, yeah, I, it's it's tough. I, I do agree with you though, Rian. The last two weeks, the, the Eagles haven't looked great. Um, the Packers have looked better, I want to say. Maybe. Ish. Ish. Geronimo Allison's coming in for a little uh, wide receiver tryout for the Packers, I've seen. So maybe really? that'll oh, really? boost their um, wide receivers. Yeah, Chris, experience uh, there. What, was it Christian Watson now has like five touchdowns in his last two games? Yeah. Um, that thumb is be... getting stronger and stronger for uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's going to be interesting for sure, the game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've, I don't think their defense is going to be good enough to stop the Eagles. Um, I think they have too many weapons, so I think the Eagles will win this one. But it won't be um, as big a victory as probably some people are thinking it will be. I think it might be quite close. Because um, these uh, Sunday night games always are. I'm just after noticing here, and um, please don't criticize me too much for my prep work when we do these shows, but I'm only after just noticing here what the Monday Night Football is. Um, and I can't believe this game hasn't been flexed out yet. It's the it's the Steelers traveling to take on the Colts Ooh, on the Monday so Night Football. Maybe you <laughs> can't actually. You probably, you probably can't flex Monday because you're changing a whole day. Maybe you can't flex. You probably can't Monday. flex Monday because it's the only matchup that could be on on a Monday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and you can't make them go and play a day earlier and stuff like that. Probably. Um, but. Steelers against the Colts, lads. Um, even if I had the day off on Tuesday, I don't think I'd stay up and watch this. Even if I was promised that was going to be a 40-minute version live, I wouldn't stay up and watch it. <laughs> no ad breaks. We just go straight through for the full They should just minutes. flip a coin and then play overtime rules for 15 minutes. Whoever scores first wins. Yeah. Well, look, TJ Watt is back, so that's going to make it fun. Yeah, and, you know, as much as we love to hate on Jeff Saturday, he has actually kind of made uh, Jonathan Taylor good again. So there might be something going there to watching the game. I'm not going to stay up and watch it. I'm not going to watch the full show to, to uh, on the next day, but I'll watch the highlights. Yeah, I definitely will like, we'll still watch the condensed version and see it like that. It depends. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those. I checked the score. If the score isn't too great, I'll watch like the ten minute YouTube highlights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it is, if the score seems interesting and is close and stuff, then yeah, okay, I'll I'll watch the forty minute condensed version. You've earned my time. I'll do that. Um, but yeah, the um uh, on the Steelers side of things as well, George Pickens is starting to uh, develop a relationship with Kenny Pickett there, so there's something you know to to look at in this game. Um, going up against uh Kenny Moore and, and Stephen Gilmore, so that'd be interesting too. Najee Harris looked like uh, a first round running back there on Sunday with two touchdowns, and I think what was it, 90 yards or something like that against the Bengals. So, there is, I'm, I'm not fully saying that this game's a bust, but it has the potential for things to go well. but you know, I think the last time the Colts were on primetime TV, they won 12-9 against the Broncos on Thursday Night Football. So, look, I'll leave you with that and let you think what's going to happen there. Um, but I think that's going to be the perfect place to wrap up this edition of the show. Lads, as always, thank you so much for coming on and chatting um, I guess, let, chatting football with me. 
nice one there. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and I should also mention before we go to uh, one last thing that this show is brought to you in partnership with Locker. Locker is a new sports app that centralizes premium sports content and puts the power in the hands of fans to personalize their world of sport, including a wide range of premium NFL resources that can be tailored to your fan experience. Download the app for free in the Irish or UK iOS and Play Store today uh and also before we go make sure you're following us on our social channels as well we are on twitter and um, because twitter is still a thing at the moment it hasn't completely gone away so we are on twitter uh, at under center pod now remember center is c-e-n-t-r-e not t-e-r i've been reminded of that a couple of times now in the last few weeks that um they spell center different to us I, by day i mean americans um same on instagram at under center pod uh, like i mentioned earlier with the youtube under center podcast uh, same wherever you listen to your podcasts under center podcast just search for us there subscribe you'll catch all the shows there so you won't miss a thing um but we will be back next week looking back at week 12 and possibly looking ahead to week 13 but until next time stay safe and we will see you soon